2: Welcome to Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison?
1: I'm doing well.
2: Good to hear. I forgot to mention last week when I said that we have the Witch Cloud soft cover books in stock now, which we do. They're on the Stonebreath Bandcamp, stonebreath.bandcamp.com, and they're in our Etsy shop, shop name Lost Grave. If you look up Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. But they're also on Amazon. I forgot to mention that which is a big miss considering how many people get their books from Amazon. So you can find The Witch Cloud on Amazon as well. Of course, it doesn't come signed. When you get it from us, from the Stonebreath Bandcamp or from our Etsy shop, it does come signed. Thanks to everybody who ordered it. Considering that we just kind of sold out of the hardcover a little while ago, I am super happy with the sales. So thanks everybody who ordered that. That's fantastic. I'm glad that it continues to have a life. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Kate, who has a number of experiences, starting from hearing a voice, possibly her own voice from the future when she was a little girl. And then she has some experiences with greys and shadow people and this entity. This is a new one for us, but I bet we'll get more. A man with antlers. Are we going to call him Antler Man?
1: Deer Man. Is he a deer? I think she just
2: saw him in Silhouette. So she didn't have a lot of details, but it was a man with antlers that was in her doorway.
1: I like that idea.
2: Before we talk to Kate, I want to thank our patrons. Thank each and every one of you for the support and for the help. We could not make Strange Familiars without you. If you like Strange Familiars, if you like what we do, and you want to help us out and get extra content besides, the way to do that is to become a patron at Patreon, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Our patrons get... Two extra episodes every month. We do two full episodes of Strange Familiars exclusively for our patrons every month. Sometimes we do more, but we do promise those two episodes. There are over 85, I think, patron episodes now. We're headed towards 90 patron episodes. As soon as you sign up as a patron, you get all of those back episodes. And then we're adding two more every month. So you get a lot of extra content right away. There's monthly payment options. There's yearly payment options which you get a discount if you pay for a year ahead of time. You can check out all the options at Patreon, patreon.com slash familiars. So without further ado, let's talk to Kate. Tonight, we're talking with Kate, who has a number of experiences to share with us. How are you tonight, Kate?
3: I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here and talking to
2: you. I think you're yet another guest that I've scheduled and rescheduled a number of times. So thank you for being patient with me.
3: (laughs) Sure. No problem.
2: So are we going to start in chronological order or do you have a preferred order that you want to attack this?
3: If I were to start chronologically, I guess I'd have to say that I was definitely a weird kid having weird experiences, but most of them kind of originated from within myself rather than any external other. And so they don't necessarily make great stories. Mm -hmm. But I, I did have a childhood and adolescence that was full of like really weird things I can give you just one example to kind of set the stage of you know the the kinds of experiences that i had sure. um yeah there was one time uh where I was, I was probably about five years old and i was with my mom we were in a department store fitting room and she was trying on something and i was entertaining myself in front of one of those you know those Mirrors that have like three panels and you find them in like fitting rooms. Yeah. You, yeah. So anyway, I was looking at myself in that mirror and I remember seeing three versions of myself, you know, like normal. And all of a sudden there was like some other presence in my mind that I recognized as being myself. But it was from a very adult perspective, and it did not feel like me. I know that's kind of an odd, contradictory thing to say, but um, that's how it felt. And what that voice was saying was, I don't know who that little girl is, but she could not possibly be me. And that freaked me out. And I I ran and I, I told my parents, my stepdad in the other room, and they didn't really understand how terrifying it was. They thought it was um, funny and cute that I was so little and having such big thoughts, I guess. Right. Um, but for me, you know, that stuck with me for a long, long time as being something just very odd and I didn't know what to make of it. Um, so my my childhood was kind of peppered with those experiences where they're not exactly, you know, paranormal or anything like that but just they're just very weird weird things that happen
2: but did that um, that particular experience did that feel like and this sounds like a a, a very negative thing but I don't necessarily mean it as a negative thing but it did it feel like an invasive thought like it wasn't
3: yeah yes it did um but it but it I was aware that it was me somehow um, um I, and, and I don't know what to make of that but it was definitely like I was just playing like a normal little kid and then had this this strange thought that I recognize as coming from some other place so yeah I don't know
2: <laughs> maybe in many many years when you're elderly you'll be in a department store looking in a three way mirror and you'll hear a little girl's voice in your head going There's no way that woman is me
3: <laughs> maybe so and I'll be like I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't mean to freak you out
4: yeah <laughs>
3: So, yeah, I had a lot of, you know, odd experiences like that. But I would say it wasn't until I got my first apartment as a young adult that things that other people might term, you know, paranormal or something started happening to me.
2: If you don't Um, mind sharing with us, you could be as general as you want, but, you know, city, town, state.
3: Sure. So this would have been in, um, Iowa city, Iowa. Okay. So, uh, in the Midwest, it's a little college town and it started with my one and only instance of sleepwalking. So I lived with my boyfriend at the time I had gone to bed. I usually went to bed a little earlier than he did every night. After a few hours, he came into the bedroom because he heard noises And he saw me, and I'm standing from the closet, and I'm getting dressed. And he's like, are you going somewhere? And I said to him, I have to get dressed. They're coming to get me. Mm -hmm. And when I said coming to get me, I have a a vague memory of this, um, you know, the next morning. When I said coming to get me, I meant it more like someone is coming to pick me up, not like get me in a threatening way. I didn't mean it like that. And I've never sleptwalked before or since. So that struck me at the time as just very weird. Like, why, why would that have happened? Sometime after that, I had another experience where I was sleeping and I woke up to a very bright light shining into my bedroom door, through my bedroom door. And that was unusual because we always slept with the door closed. Because we had this like awful little kitten at the time who would terrorize us all night if we didn't keep him out. So um, I woke up just long enough to notice this bright light and see what looked like a man, a tall man with antlers on his head silhouetted in that extremely bright light. Um, I couldn't see any details to his face or what he was wearing or anything like that because the light was just so bright. But I do recall seeing, you know, these antlers coming out of his head. So what what do you think I did, Tim? Do you think that I jumped out of bed and I said, oh my goodness, what is that? I have to go investigate or I'm scared or I need to run or something. Or do you think I said, huh? That's weird. And I went, rolled over and went back to sleep. Just take a wild guess which one.
2: Yeah. Based on past (laughs) interviews, I'm going to say you rolled over and went right back to sleep.
3: Yes. Yes. And it was so funny because I didn't know until I started listening to your podcast and reading your books that that's a thing. And for many years, I'm like, what was wrong with me? How could I have had that kind of weird experience and then just you know, rolled over and went back to sleep. Like nothing happened. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know either and had, you know, similar thing. I've talked about it before on the show for years. I didn't know that was a a thing and thought like, why would I have done that? Like, what was wrong with me?
3: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because there have been other times in my life where, you know, I've heard strange noises and it was like, oh, no, is there somebody in the house? And you don't go back to sleep. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, wondering, you know, should I be calling 911 or, you know, do I have a weapon nearby or something? Um, but no, and this sort of thing it's like, okay, I'll just uh, go back to sleep, whatever. Very weird.
2: Just a guy with antlers, no big
3: deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> yeah. The last strange thing that I remember that happened at this place. So... A so little context. It was just an ordinary fourplex apartment building. It was on the outskirts of town, but not, not rural. It was, um, you know, I could walk to like a, I don't know, like a Walmart or something. Like it was, it was close to the city, but in the backyard, there was it. The backyard bordered, like a strand of trees, like a small wooded area, and. I hadn't ever explored that. It was just back there. But one night, it had just rained. There was a full moon. And I had this urge to go outside and just take a walk in this beautiful moonlit area, which was unusual because I was not the kind of girl that wandered around alone at night. But I wanted to go and see this beautiful full moon. I remember seeing, you know, the reflections of the moon and the the puddles of rainwater that had just fallen and everything was just really lovely. And I was walking along these trees, just taking my time and just looking at whatever caught my eye. When I heard a man's voice in my head that said, turn around now. And I didn't even question it. It was like my body responded to it immediately. And as I was turning, this voice said, don't run, walk. And so I very quickly walked back to my apartment. Not run, but I, I walked as fast as I could. And I did not hear anything else. But, you know, naturally that was freaked me out a bit. Told yeah. my boyfriend about it. And then the next morning, we got up and decided to check this place out in the daylight. And I didn't see anything unusual, although where this voice had come from or like where I had been when I heard this voice, which again was was in my head. It was not coming from, it wasn't something that I heard with my ears. I saw like a very large pile of, branches and sticks I don't think it was necessarily anything unusual but it was the only thing that I noticed there that caught my eye beyond just normal wooded area kind of things Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that I experienced something that I experienced to this day not really this is going to sound a little weird but you know how some people talk about having the second sight
4: yeah
3: I have something that I kind of think of as more like a second touch, which is when I'm around something that, um, I don't know, I mean, I guess you could call it paranormal, weird energy. I don't really have a a term that I can adequately use to describe it. But when I'm in a place like that, I will often feel this kind of stabbing, prickly sensation in my hands. Hmm. So that was the first time that I ever felt that. And I was, you know, I didn't have anything else to say what could have happened. But that's the last thing that happened in that particular apartment, because shortly after that, we moved to a different place.
2: Not because of this incident.
3: No, no, it was just our lease was up. And um, (laughs) actually what happened is that my boyfriend convinced me that I should buy a trailer in this very sketchy trailer park because it was so cheap. And, um, you know, I was a college student and I didn't have all that much money. I live in California now. So I, I want to cry every time I think about how I paid $180 a month to live in that trailer. <laughs> but yes. That is where we went to, to next. And there was a, a different set of experiences that happened in that trailer park.
2: Before we um, move on to that. hmm so again this voice not yours again you know not a bad thing i'm just saying invasive in the sense that that it wasn't as far as you could tell produced by you right it seemed like it came from someone or something else
3: yeah and it was very definitely a male voice
2: were you reacting to the voice was it like i heard a voice this voice seems serious i need to turn around or was it kind of all one thing the voice came and you just turned on your heels
3: yeah, the voice came and I turned immediately. It was almost like before my brain even comprehended what happened, my body was was responding.
2: Yeah, almost so, like the message was the voice. The words were almost secondary.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I, s- I think you could say that, but like clearly, um, it it really felt to me like like I was responding to the voice before it even finished
4: mm-hmm. communicating. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah,
2: and it, this did feel like a. Like I said, like a, like an exterior thing. I mean, I know it was in your mm-hmm. head essentially, but like like it's it was from some other entity, perhaps. Yes. Yeah, Somewhere. it was yeah. definitely
3: not me. And when I read Where the Footprints End, one of the volumes had a a section about mind talk, and I'm like, hmm, maybe that is what I experienced. But um, you know, I have no way of knowing what that really was. But it was yeah. one of the weirdest yeah. things that's ever happened to me. So
2: yeah Yeah, and, and I mean there's a hundred questions follow which neither one of us could answer including like mm-hmm. what would have happened if you didn't turn around you know?
3: I know <laughs> yeah.
2: good bad or just weird you know who knows
3: yeah and I've I've often wondered like was there any connection between that experience and that antlered man at the bedroom door mm. um, I don't know it could have been the same entity for all I know yeah I don't know
2: yeah we're on to the trailer.
3: Yeah, so this was like a very, like I said, a sketchy trailer park. Not to say that all trailer parks are sketchy. I've been in some very nice ones, but this was not one of them. This was a place where there were drug deals going on and domestic disputes, and you know, an old junked out car uh, next to my house, and. There was also a school bus that appeared one day that was painted black, totally black, even the windows. Um, <laughs> that was a very odd place to, to go to college, to live in while I was going to college. But um, it was cheap, and that was great. And I lived, uh, again, with that same boyfriend. So the things that happened there started, first thing I remember is smelling things that weren't there. And I specifically remember these were things that you could walk in and out of, like it smells like roses over here. But Mm. if I move three feet away, I don't smell anything. So it was that kind of thing. I also remember smelling what seemed like apple pie and then also garlic. So (laughs) I don't know. They were definitely like some cooking smells and then some floral smells. I don't know what that was, but they were distinct. And my boyfriend actually smelled them too. So it wasn't just me. So that was that was a little weird.
2: I've experienced what I call the wall of stink in the woods mm-hmm. a couple of times that you could literally walk through and not, you know, when you get out of it, you don't smell it. You turn around, mm-hmm. walk back into it, you can smell it and then walk back the other way and you don't smell it. Very, very strange.
3: Yeah, it very- is weird. Yeah. Fortunately... I didn't have a stench though. That's good. I yeah, don't think yeah. I was like living um, among the walls of stench. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I w- w- this was, I'd not like to smell of my house. No, thank right. You. <laughs> yeah.
3: The next thing that I remember happening was I was sitting at my desk in my bedroom, working on a school paper. And I heard out of nowhere coming from a point in front of me, between me and my monitor I heard this voice that sounded like somebody on a very tinny radio from very far away shouting at me as loud as they possibly can or as possibly could and I was puzzled I'm like looking around going is this you know am I maybe hearing some weird you know acoustics can do weird things maybe I'm hearing like a Maybe somebody's in my boyfriend's in the living room, like watching TV or something, but um, no, there wasn't anything like that. And so I, I looked at this point because it's very definitely coming from a specific point in front of me. And I remember like kind of leaning down a little bit and looking at it and then saying, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you try it again? <laughs> Just like, I don't, I didn't know what to say. What do you say when something like that happens? So I'm like, mm-hmm. can you talk again, please? same thing happened. It sounded like this person from very far away shouting as loud as I could, but I couldn't make out the words. I tried one more time, like, I'm sorry, I still can't hear you. And then I heard it again, but it was much quieter as though, you know, the the volume had turned down or it was moving farther away. Then I ended up saying, this is so funny to for me to think of this, doing this now. But I remember saying to it, well, I'm really sorry, but I have to finish this paper. It's (laughs) due tomorrow and I can't understand what you're saying. So maybe you could come and talk some other time. (laughs) You see where my priorities were, I guess. Um, But it was a very important paper. So I never did hear it again. But what did happen um, a little while after that is I saw a shadow person next to my bed and What had happened then was I had been reading in bed and the window was open. Both of my cats were going up to it and peering outside with this, like through the window, with this um, kind of fearful, cowering look as though they knew that there was something out there and they didn't know what it was and they were afraid, which is not a way that they had ever acted before. So I was very puzzled. Also looking back, I can't believe I slept with the window open in that place. But, you know, I was like (laughs) 19 or 20. So I I wasn't really thinking uh, in terms of personal safety, but whatever. So I fell asleep. And again, my my boyfriend's in the other room watching TV at that time. And I hadn't been asleep for very long when I suddenly, I, I don't even know if I was asleep. But I do remember that I looked over and saw this tall figure with broad shoulders just standing there. And my sleepy brain said, oh, that's my boyfriend because he was um, somewhat, I don't know, somewhat similarly shaped, I guess. And I rolled back over and started to go to sleep and then just had that kind of cold feeling of weight he's in the other room. I can hear the TV. That can't be him. So I flip on the light. There's nobody there. I run into the living room where my boyfriend is. I said, did you just come into my room? And of course he said, you know, no, I've been sitting here. And I thought about it. And it's like, I never heard him open the squeaky door or, you know, walk across. It was a, an old You know, junky trailer, so it made a lot of noise when you walked on it anywhere. I never heard anything like that. So that was freaky. (laughs) I didn't see that figure again, but a few other things happened not long after that.
2: To the best of your recollection, was it just solid black or, Mm -hmm. yeah, just
3: solid black, yeah,
2: blacker than the night around it kind of thing, as people describe,
0: or
3: this particular one. I would not say that, but there is a shadow person I saw later that is like that. Okay. So um, I know what you're talking about. This particular one, I don't remember it being blacker than black. It seemed more shadowy. Mm-hmm.
2: But what essentially a silhouette. One. You couldn't make out yeah. any any details.
3: It was a silhouette, yeah. Okay. Um, and I didn't feel afraid or anything. I think mostly because I I just thought it was something ordinary, but apparently it wasn't. And I might have even dismissed it as just, you know, a weird thing. Oh, maybe I was, you know, still, maybe I'd fallen asleep and I was kind of dreaming or something. It wasn't a big deal, except for what happened next that changed my mind. So again, I'm sleeping in the same bed this time. um, It's late at night. So my boyfriend is with me and I'm sound asleep when I wake up with this searing pain in the back of my skull because somebody is yanking my hair very hard. And I assume that for you know some weird reason, maybe my boyfriend is pulling my hair. So as this is happening, I reach back and I slap the hand, like make this you know, very physical contact. And I'm like yelling at my boyfriend at the same time going, what are you doing? Why are you pulling my hair? And I'm rolling over to face him next to me when I see that he's actually, he often slept with his head like under the covers and like with the pillow even over his head, mm-hmm. kind of like making himself a little nest in the the corner. The bed was up against the corner. So, he was like buried under all of these covers and pillows. And I just heard like his voice kind of like come up from underneath going, why are you yelling at me? (laughs) And I realized like there's no way it was him because you know how it is when you're in bed with somebody. If they shift, you're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. If somebody like were to, you know, just imagine, you know, your spouse reaching over to like yank your hair and then like quickly dive under the covers and, you know, pull the blankets over her head and be like, oh, it wasn't me. You know, you she would know. Not. <laughs> you would totally know, right?
2: <laughs> I, dislike, I, I, I dislike that feeling. Having my hair pulled is, is uh, something I do not
4: like.
3: Right. I'm like, what the hell? Like, why, why is this happening? I was scared but I was also like really annoyed and I was also feeling a little bit like smug, (laughs) whatever it was like, Hey, you're going to mess with me. I'm going to, I'm going to slap you. So, um, and it was definitely this very physical feeling. It felt just like slapping a. Real human hand.
2: So I was going to ask, I, so you made contact with what felt like a hand when you absolutely. slapped it? Absolutely. Wow.
3: Yeah. To the point where it didn't even occur to me as I was doing it that there was anything weird. I just assumed that, you know, there was one other person in the house and it must be him. And right,
2: it, right. Oh and did God. it feel like whatever it was let go when you slapped it?
3: Yes. Yes, it did. It let go right away. Hmm. Yeah. The last thing that happened in this creepy trailer did not happen to me but happened to my boyfriend so again we're sleeping same bed same room but I wake up in the morning and he's sitting there holding on to a sword it was like he had a I think it was a sword that had been given to him by an uncle or something like that was a marine sword from the U.S. marines so he was just like sitting there and holding it and I'm like, why are you sitting on sitting there in bed holding a sword? And he told me that he woke up in the middle of the night and he saw. I'm using his words. This is how he described it: a demonic Mickey Mouse <laughs> looking in our window um, above our bed, and it was um, the window was probably eight or nine feet off the ground, and there wasn't anything nearby that somebody could have climbed up on so whatever he saw scared him enough that he got up and got like the only weapon that he could find to sit there and then I was like oh my gosh you know that's so scary and then I went wait a minute a demonic Mickey Mouse was looking at us through our window and you got up and left me? (laughs)
4: <laughs> he just
3: left me there and then he's like oh it's trying to protect us and i'm like you just you can't just like leave me in front of like this you know creepy thing who knows what it is but i guess he was just doing the thing that he could think of to do so uh i forgave him for that
2: that sounds horrifying though
3: yes he he was not, like he's a big guy he was not the kind of guy that got scared easily but he was he was frightened I'm glad I didn't see it because it sounds terrifying. So that was the last thing that happened in that place because we moved out, um, not because of that, but we moved out shortly after that. But the one thing that, as I was thinking about it years later, something kind of stuck out to me in that we had a neighbor who's like his trailer backed up to our trailer. And he was... An older guy, probably in his 60s. And he was obviously paranoid about something. He had a huge security fence all around his trailer. There was a pole that he had mounted with floodlights that sort of um, were aimed at his trailer, which was kind of annoying for me, like trying to sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> because this like bright light would shine in. But I got blackout curtains, whatever, and it was fine. And he had this like kind of fearful disposition about him. If he saw me instead of, you know, if I got on my car or whatever, and I happened to see him, you know, he wasn't the kind of guy that would say hello. He was the kind of guy that would look scared and suspicious and disappear back into his house. I just assumed, you know, some people, you know, have issues and they deal with it however they need to deal with it. But I kind of wonder if whatever was going on in my trailer was also bothering him mm. and maybe that was his way of dealing with it was shining bright lights um, on his trailer all the time I don't know but it did come to mind when I started thinking about it like huh if I was experiencing those things like I wonder if he was as well I don't know
2: yeah I, I thought you were gonna say we had this neighbor and he was a Disney collector. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no that guy's place was um, very far from what I can imagine anything Disney being in yeah the whole place was was uh, something else
2: I'm trying to imagine a demonic Mickey Mouse of that height and then I, <laughs> yeah. I, I immediately went to unimagine it
3: yeah yeah I'm like I said I'm pretty glad that uh, he was the one who saw it um, and not me <laughs> But that was the last thing that happened there and did, I was Did say- you
2: did you share with him the other the, the shadow person and the other experiences mm-hmm. that were there so okay Oh yeah. And did he yeah. did he believe you right away or or did it take the Mickey Mouse to convince him that things were indeed going on?
3: No, he had had some experiences of his own before we met so I think he was, you know, he didn't think I was making things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if... you know, I, I think it's natural sometimes when people tell you something weird happened to try and explain it away at first. So I think he was kind of in that category. But he didn't not believe me just right, right. because he had had some strange experiences of his own. Okay.
2: All right, so we're out of the creepy trailer.
3: We're out of the creepy trailer, yes. In fact, we are out of the state of Iowa altogether. I moved to Colorado, and things changed quite a bit after that. I didn't have those kinds of experiences where it felt like I was dealing with some sort of external entity. Most of my strange experiences just kind of of went back to um, being things that I experienced from within myself, which you know, are usually good things, so I'm fine with that. But there were a few things that popped out in my memory when I was thinking about, you know, strange things um, that happened in my life as I was, you know, getting ready for, to talk with you on this podcast. And the first one that happened is kind of funny. I had worked with the courage to tell somebody, like a new friend, about what had happened to me in that trailer and and like having my hair pulled by some unseen hands. And I I had told them about that and they were very nice. They didn't, you know, treat me weird or anything like that. But when I went to bed that night, I woke up because something hit my head, like smacked at the top of my head. That's all that I can recall because I I remember just kind of sitting up and going, what was that?
2: And it was the um, night after you told the story to someone.
3: It, it was that same night, almost as if whatever it was that it had originally done that was like annoyed with me and just like smacked me back.
2: <laughs> well, it wanted to get you quick so you couldn't get its <laughs> hand.
3: Exactly. <laughs> In the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was, I, I, gosh, I hope that um, by telling you this story, like nothing weird like that happens tonight. Well, so, no, um... <laughs> I,
2: again, not to, you know, turn it back, but. Allison saw the flannel man the night after that I had told one of our friends, like the the second person I ever told about my, you know, quote unquote, abduction experience. Don't think I was abducted. Don't think they were Mm -hmm. aliens, but whatever that experience was, it was the second person I ever told. It felt really big, you know, to to tell this person that because I had only ever told Allison Mm -hmm. before. And Mm -hmm. it was that night she had her flannel man sighting. So yeah, I, you know, I I can't help but think like sometimes something's listening.
3: Yeah, which is a little, little scary to think of, but um, it's also very interesting to think of how, like, how the mechanics of that work. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a funny thing that had happened. So another thing that made me think of strange familiars in particular was again waking up and and as an aside, it was sort of it's, it was funny to look at all of these stories when I kind of gathered them together. Thinking, Oh, you know, what am I going to talk about on this podcast and realizing um, there are a lot of them that take place on the border of sleep and wakefulness, which of course makes me think, well, okay, they could have, everything I experienced that had to do, you know, with waking up from sleep or falling asleep, perhaps those were just very vivid dreams. I don't think so. It definitely did not feel like dreams, but it could have been regardless, I do think that any state of mind that can produce such visceral and meaningful experiences still deserve to be explored as thoroughly as possible. So I'm I'm okay with realizing like how, how a portion of my experiences did come at least adjacent to sleep.
4: So I um,
2: know, I absolutely agree. mm -hmm. If someone could prove somehow, I don't know how they would do it. But if someone could prove, you know, again, just as an example of the the abduction experiences I had were, quote unquote, just a dream, it would not really impact the meaningfulness of those experiences too much. It would would change the nature of them, I think, but it wouldn't impact the meaning of them too much.
3: Exactly. And I did have one of those experiences um, that I'll get to in a minute that had to do with gray aliens Mm, um that reminded me a bit of um you sharing about yours but let me tell you the one that i was going to tell you at first sure which was waking up and seeing a guy and and on in strange familiars you sometimes hear about those disembodied legs right Mm -hmm. yeah what i saw was more like a dis um headed disfooted um, body so it was basically like a torso. It started what I saw started at his shoulders and ended about maybe mid caps. He was wearing an orange football jersey and because I lived in Colorado near Denver, um, I assumed it was a Broncos jersey I don't know
4: mm-hmm.
3: but he was translucent. And the edges of his legs that I could see were kind of wispy, almost like looking at clouds. So it was like this interesting, transparent, but colored part of a body, just standing there, hovering there, (laughs) I guess in my bedroom. And it was really weird. And I don't remember if he, I think he faded away. But I don't specifically remember how that whole scene ended. But it came to mind because of the whole disembodied legs thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I did see some legs that didn't have a full body and didn't have feet. So <laughs> I don't know what that was. It yeah. was um, very weird, though.
2: Whatever this entity was when it got to work that day, he realized that all his flannel shirts were in the wash. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so we had to put on a football jerseys. Yes, yeah, so I'm just gonna have to go with
2: my street clothes. I can My uniform is in the wash.
3: <laughs> i a Broncos fan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was just kind of an aside, but yeah, uh,
2: that's and and you know, you wondered like, did you wake up as this thing was dematerializing? You know, mm-hmm. or did it never fully materialize, or did you interrupt it? As it was materializing or something, and it was like whoa, 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 so, you know, someone, someone's conscious here.
3: Or is it just that there was a kind of a narrow band of visibility, and like the whole thing was there, but I could only see like this ragged, foggy part of right. it. Um, I sometimes wonder about that when I hear the stories about you know partial bodies being seen or disembodied legs. Like, yeah. is it just that for some reason? You know the stars of a line just perfectly that we can see just this little window of what's happening
4: right yeah. yeah
3: so it could have been that the other thing that happened when i lived in colorado that made me think of your um, experience with gray aliens was that i had what i thought of as a dream even though i knew it wasn't a dream and i i've never really talked about it too much to people at all, really, now that I think about it, because in the middle of this experience was a flat-out dream. Like, it went from being not a dream to a dream to being not a dream again. And so, because there is this obviously nonsensical part of it, it's always been hard to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: But I'll go ahead and share it now, because I feel like it's relevant. Yeah, please. So, I woke up in the middle of the night. This was probably around 2007. And I was in a hallway in in my house being what felt like being led down the hallway by a gray alien or whatever, whatever those things are. You know what I mean? When I say gray alien, that's what it was. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's the shorthand term, I think. Yeah,
3: exactly. I, I have no idea if it's really an alien, but whatever it is, that's. You know, that's the characteristics it had. It was maybe four and a half to five feet tall. And it was a lighter color of gray. And its head seemed almost translucent to a degree. Like I could see little hints of veins or whatever it was in there. It it seemed a little bit rippled. And I remember going, oh my God, like, this is all real. This stuff is real. I thought it was just, you know, stories, but this is happening. And I stopped. And as I stopped, this, you know, gray figure in front of me turned and looked over its shoulder and it had like um it did have like big black eyes but not like gigantic like you sometimes see mm-hmm. um on like pictures and stuff. And it looked over its shoulder at me and seemed to notice that um, i had stopped and it seemed like it was maybe a little caught off guard and it it beckoned to me with its hand like you know come on hurry up and from then on out i started fading in and out of consciousness like i would periodically wake up just enough to go holy crap something weird is going on what what is happening but then i would fairly quickly drift out of it almost like i had been drugged Mm -hmm. so the next time I kind of woke enough to to see what was going on, I don't know where I was, but I was in a room with people, regular human beings, except I knew that they weren't regular human beings. I knew that they were some other kind of life form with a human overlay. I don't know how I knew this, but I knew it. Mm-hmm. And they were, as you have described, completely unempathetic to what was going on. They could not have cared less about what I was experiencing, the fact that I was, like, traumatized and frightened. It almost reminded me of, like, you know, have you ever walked past a tree and there's a squirrel that's, like, very angry and chattering at you and, like, you know, screaming screaming at you basically. And you're just like, Oh, whatever. (laughs) What are you going to do about
2: it squirrel? (laughs) Exactly.
3: Um, I kind of had that feeling. Like I, I was the angry, scared squirrel and, you know, they were just not going to listen to anything that Mm -hmm. I was saying. Um, And I don't remember what I was saying. I might've just been screaming. I'm not sure. But the next time I remember waking up in this sequence of events, my sinuses were on fire they hurt so bad and I remember thinking I don't know what could cause this level of pain this hurts so much Wow! and then I you know I go back under and then the part starts that is a ridiculous dream this is the part that makes it hard to talk to anybody because it's such an obvious dream um, and it's even funny it's a funny dream too I wake up and George W. Bush huh? is sitting in a chair <laughs> with his wife, Laura. I think that was her name, mm-hmm. Laura Bush. Yeah. And I'm like, you're sitting here watching this. You're sitting here watching this happen to your own the citizens of this country that you are president of, like, how could you? You're such a horrible person. I'm really like, you know, shouting at him and lecturing him. And he's just like, whatever, Um, does not care. So I turn to, to his wife and I'm like, Laura, how can you stay married to this jerk? You see what's going on here. And I'm start lecturing at her and she has the decency to look embarrassed. But then I go back under again. And that part, like, I do not think... The president of the United States is sitting there watching. Right,
2: yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. It, was,
3: it was a dream,
2: or it's some other kind of weird overlay. You know, it could be, yeah, yeah. That, that that you like you. I'm I'm not saying necessarily sort of that you know they used to, you know some kind of technology or something. I think maybe you put the overlay on.
4: You know.
3: It might have been, yeah. yeah I was, yeah. Um, was not really a fan of him at the time, so I could imagine him my brain putting him in the position of like the, the evil alien overlord, I guess. But at any rate, the very last thing that happened in this sequence of dreams is experiences, whatever they were, is I woke up in my own bed. It was daylight, it was morning. And in front of me was a big black screen that reminded me of an Apple IIe, you know, where it was like the screen, it had like the green text, like the very old school. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It looked like that, I'm um, just the screen part, and it said, let us into the room. Ooh. And I'm like, no, <laughs> and I woke up um, for real. Like I like I was awake when that happened. I, I didn't wake up out of that. It was just suddenly not there anymore.
4: Mm
3: yeah <laughs> so there was that was that whole experience and it reminded me of you saying like i don't think i ever left my bed i don't think i was like abducted or something right, but right. that was definitely not a normal dream experience and i don't know what it was yeah, but it was that, incredibly odd and I, oh,
2: that last part gave me chills the um <laughs> the other part just all sounded just very familiar, you know, as mm-hmm. you're describing. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's this is uh, was my experience as well. I don't, I can't say it's everyone's experience with them, but that was very similar to my experience. Did your sinuses hurt in the morning?
3: Not like that. I I've had sinus issues for a while, but they just definitely did not have that pain. So, um yeah.
2: So whatever and- it was, didn't necessarily carry through.
3: Yeah, or, you know, whatever it was, I didn't um, experience any lasting, painful
2: effects. Yeah, 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 I guess yeah. That's, a, that's a better way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's chilling.
3: Yeah, especially when I thought about it, and a few years earlier, my husband had, had a dream that was very similar with gray aliens outside of his room saying Open the door, receive the package, or receive the transmission—something like that. Open the door, receive the transmission over and over and over. <laughs> so we're like, "What? Why do they need us to to allow them in if they're so powerful that they can drug us and make us do whatever they want? Why? Why are they giving us these messages of let us do something? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I want to start collecting the messages uh, that various people." feel like they receive from them.
4: Mm. hmm That would be interesting. Yeah, I
2: think it'd be really, really interesting. Yeah. The the text I got in West Virginia that when you when you sleep with the light on, you're just avoiding confrontation with us.
3: You had a sorry, that was a message that was getting to you? I
2: had a dream. Uh-huh. so uh, we were staying chad and i went to a cryptid uh event <gasps> oh, in west virginia
3: I do remember that
2: yeah, yeah. And, and we i was joking around about because we stayed in this kind of hollow outside of uh, town outside of morgantown in a mm-hmm. small little house that we just did an airbnb thing and it, it was in this wooded hollow and i just said oh you know maybe bigfoot will come up and knock on the side of the house tonight i was completely joking and not expecting anything to happen we got home that night and Allison sleeps the light on ever since well ever since she was a kid but I had convinced her for a while to sleep with the light off but that ended with flannel man (laughs) and and, uh so you know I just got used to the she wants the light on I, I just got used to it you know sleeping with the light on but I thought okay I get to sleep with the light off tonight maybe you know this this could be really good sleep Turned the light off and and went to sleep and it had a and I don't know how I knew it was the greys texting me, but I did dream logic, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and their their yeah. texts came in. I remember they were like, like red and they were like a, like red and gold or something. They were like, it was weird. They didn't look like other texts. I remember like that is, why does the text look like that? And it literally said, when you sleep with the light on, you're just avoiding, I think it was confrontation. It was either confrontation or, or, or something along those lines. But I I think it was, you're just avoiding confrontation with us. And I woke up immediately from that dream and I'm kind of like wiping the sleep from my eyes and I have to go use the restroom. And I thought, oh, that was a weird dream. And boom, right above my head on the side of the house, just a, just a huge thump. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going out to check on this. I'm, this is, I'm done. So I just, you know, visited the restroom and, and back to bed. I was, I was just with no, in no shape to be running outside and looking for anything.
3: Oh, wow. So I didn't... I remember that story, but I didn't realize that you had gotten the message as a text in in your dream, Like, I I wonder, is that a thing? Like, how many people have gotten those kinds of, like, on a screen, direct worded messages?
2: Well, I always said that it seems like the, the other, whatever these things are, can use technology, but it seems like it takes them a while to be able to use it. So for instance, in the Mothman prophecies, they were getting weird phone calls.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the phone had been out at that point for a long, long time, you know. So, but it seems like it took them however many, you know, dozens of years to start using the phone. And uh, we were talking about this on the Strange Familiar's Discord, too. Like, you know, the computer's been out for a while now, and you wonder if they, they will start using this technology more. Maybe it takes it to become sort of... Um, embedded in the culture or something, you know, for long enough before the other whatever it is can begin to use it. But I have had thought of like, well, maybe, maybe they're finally starting to, you know, use screens and so forth.
3: That's really interesting. Like, when this happened, this was probably 2007. So I thought of it as like an instant message um, on my computer, because we didn't, I mean, I think there was like, maybe what they call that t9 texting back then but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a, a thing that people did a lot right so right. yeah it's very interesting to see how all of that might play out yeah as, you know as technology um changes
2: right and and of course what you saw looked like a an older screen an older mac right with just the green text Right, which, yeah. you know,
3: that, that was definitely not a part of my world, so mm-hmm. yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't
3: know uh, what that was. But there's actually kind of a weird connection from that experience to where I, where I am now in California. So I'd say about five years later, my husband and I went camping at this lovely little campground called Refugio um, Refugio State Beach. It's kind of down by Santa Barbara. And it's a campsite. It's a a very well-developed campsite. It's like not out in the wilderness or anything. It's right up against the beach. So it's just kind of nice to go camping there, sleep, listening to the ocean, you know, that's, you know, quite nearby. Usually you have a lot of neighbors too. So that takes away some of the fun, but um, it's, it's a nice place to go. So it was our probably third or fourth trip there when we were sleeping in our tent and I had another dream that didn't seem like a dream at all. It was short. And I, once again, there was an incredibly bright light and this noise that I can't even describe, but it was very loud. And my husband in the tent with me woke up just enough to go, what is that? What is that? And he was scared. And I wanted to calm him down. So I said, don't worry, it's just the train. Because there is um, an Amtrak that goes um, near that park. Mm -hmm. So I told him that But as I was telling him this, in this, this dream, I knew I was lying. It wasn't the train. It sounded nothing like a train. And the train does not make that kind of bright light shining into the campsite. You know, I was thinking all of these things during this dream. And the last thing I remember about this dream is that we had kind of curled up together and we were falling asleep with our foreheads touching. When I woke up for real, we were actually in that position, which is not really an easy way to fall asleep, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> <Especially> <laughs> in yeah. <time>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had a very specific thought in my head as I was waking up, which I wrote down because it was so disturbing. And that thought was maybe they're being merciful when they make us forget Mm -hmm. because the fear is just too great and it's better not to remember. (laughs) And um, that is what happened with that. Again, it was a very short dream and experience but that really disturbed me yeah i
2: yeah. i have had that a similar thought that mm-hmm. you know i'm sure you've heard me say I was, I was so angry during mine but it's not like i wasn't scared too you know mm-hmm. and i've had the thought it's like like maybe maybe there's some trigger or something and they're like yeah this this particular person can't handle this memory or being awake for this or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so let's put them out. I don't know. You know, I, I, I've had people tell me that it's, you know, you should treat it like a shamanic experience and kind of welcome it and just go through it. I kind of have issues with that because it's, it's not something I've chosen. Uh, you know, I feel, I feel like it was, there's nothing I've chosen. It's, it was thrust upon me. And uh, so I have, I've kind of have issues with that. You know, I didn't ask for it. So why should I submit to it?
3: (laughs) Yeah. That is kind of a hallmark of shamanic experiences though, isn't it? Uh, I guess it is. Yeah. yeah, You don't choose it. And uh, if you don't, if you don't go along with it, you might suffer. Fortunately for me, I don't think that's what's going on, but for me, Mm -hmm. but, um, kind of a, an odd aside, my husband was like, so what are you going to talk about on this podcast that you can interview for? And I'm like, well, I was thinking about talking about this thing and that thing. And I, I brought up that dream experience down at Refugio. And he said, is that where we saw that weird shiny black thing on the beach that one night? And I went, oh, my God, I forgot about that. So <laughs> I know, I'm know i not going to say it was a cryptid because I don't know what it was. But um, this was, again, at Refugio. It was the first time we'd been there, the first time we stayed there. And it was full-on night, and there was um, a bit of a moon in the sky. So we had gone away from the campsite up to the beach area where there were, like, a few picnic tables that you could sit on. on. And we were just sitting there under the moon, just watching, like, what little of the waves we could see. It It was pretty, you know. And we were just talking. And after a while, we heard this weird shuffling noise coming towards us from up the beach. So my husband took out his cell phone and kind of shined the light over there to see like what it was. And it was not the most powerful cell phone light. So we couldn't get a great look at it. But what we saw was something the size of maybe a medium-sized dog. It was totally black, no variation in it shading whatsoever, no eye reflection, nothing like that. And it appeared to be dragging something behind it, which at that point I started getting a little creeped out because I'm like, oh, what is this thing?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It paid no attention to us whatsoever. You would think that most animals if you were to shine a light at them um and we were making noise too we were going like oh my god what is that thing and can you get a look at it like that you know we were were being fairly loud it continued past us like we weren't even there whatever it was dragging was just as black as it was and it was shiny that was an interesting thing it was shiny
4: both
2: both Um, the thing and what it was dragging
3: mm Mm-hmm. but not like um Again, like it, it's sort of hard to describe, but like its shading didn't vary at all, but it was kind of shiny, but it, it's not like I could see eye shine or anything like that. You know, it is like if you shine a light and like a dog is looking at you in the dark, like you can see. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was nothing like that or no features or anything. It just kept dragging whatever it was dragging past us. And eventually, you know, fairly quickly, actually, it kind of faded out from our view. And afterwards, we were trying to think, like, what was that thing? And so we were trying to come up with a list of animals that are around the beach in that area. And that's a pretty short list And when you're that close to the beach. I mean, it was literally walking along the waves. So that's a a fairly short list of animals that in that area that would be willing to, to do that. And I could not find any of them that were black, that deep of a black. The closest I could come up with was a, a cormorant, which is you know like a m- kind of mid-sized seabird, bigger than a than a seagull, so a little smaller than a pelican. Um, and, and those can be black; those are usually black. But this was not moving at all like a bird. I don't know what that thing was. But it was weird and it happened on that same beach that I had that experience of waking up and thinking, I'm um, you know, I'm glad that I'm I'm not remembering what just happened. Right. So
2: did it have any discernible shape? Like was it shaped like something on four legs or
3: um we both thought that it probably was on four legs, but I, I mean, I couldn't actually tell. That was just the impression we got. We couldn't actually see legs or anything like that.
2: And was it a, like a smooth dragging motion? Like it was like, um, I'm imagining, like, you know, like a like a dog dragging, you know, something behind it on a rope or something. Or was it like a, you know, like it was uh, dragging it, you know, it would drag it a foot and, you know, kind of stop and then
3: drag Yeah, it, it was smooth. It didn't stop at all. Wow. Which was another weird thing, because like it, it, just it didn't behave like an animal would, at least not an animal that saw a person.
2: Right, right. So, and the the thing it was dragging roughly the same size.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe like a little shorter in height, but about the same size. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that thing was, and it's very possible that it was just. You know, a natural animal of some kind. And I just can't think of what it would be, but, you know, maybe it was a natural animal in an unusual situation or something. But who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's odd. So, yeah, that was, I guess, the start of my experience as well living here in California. I have a few others, a couple of things that happened fairly recently. One is that I did see a shadow person outside during the height of the pandemic um, we would often take walks at night through our neighborhood during the summer because you know it was quiet we didn't run into anybody mm-hmm. um, it was you know it was a good good way to just get some outside time even right before. yeah we did but the like, same
2: it was just when like you just didn't feel real good going anywhere else
3: yeah yeah, yeah it fun, and it yeah. was it' kind of like doing it I think I'm you know I'll, I'll keep doing it even so um, after the pandemic is done, because it's just, I don't know, you get an, an interesting perspective.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's pleasant. But on our way back, you know, we would usually like walk down to the beach and then back to our house. On our way back, I saw in front of like this very fancy beach house, it looked like this figure kind of darting behind somebody's car. It looked like it was wearing like, maybe a long tape or a, like a trench coat, maybe, and a hat, maybe a fedora kind of hat with a brim. And it looked as though it didn't want to be seen. And at first I thought, oh, is this like maybe this is somebody that's up to no good? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, should call the police or something. And then I realized it was all one shade of black and it had that blacker than black. Look that you were mentioning earlier.
4: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it like walking there, we had passed by like a guy who was smoking a cigarette on his porch, and it was dark, but you could still see like a little variation in the shading. So I could see like the skin tone on his face was a little lighter than, you know, the shirt that he was wearing. even though I couldn't see details or anything, I could see that, you know, there were some natural variations to the shade that I was seeing. Yeah. But this thing was, first of all, it was gone <laughs> immediately, um, which there wasn't really an easy way for for it to disappear. But then that whole blacker than black thing, no variation in the shading, he would have had to have been wearing like a an opaque body stocking including over his hat (laughs) like i don't know i guess i guess that could happen but it's not very likely so i don't know what it was but i did not really like the fact that it was in my neighborhood that's for sure yeah so that was just kind of a one-off thing that happened but probably four or five months after that you remember me saying earlier talking about this thing that I call the second touch and yeah. how I get these like kind of weird sensations in my hands specifically yeah. when um I'm in a weird situation like that, uh paranormal style weird I guess. I was at my front door, like in my house, and I was um there was like a hook near the front door and I was gonna hang up a hat. When all of a sudden I as I was doing that and hanging up the hat, I felt that sensation in my hands. And I was like, what, what is this? And I moved my hands kind of just around that vicinity and whatever I was feeling had edges. Like I could move my hands a little bit away from it and feel nothing, move my hands like an inch to the side and I would feel it. And so I started like feeling if I could figure out where these edges were. And it was in something that was very close to the shape of a person. Like I could move my hands. It was, it was be like, if I had my hands on your shoulders and then moved it up over your head and then down your other shoulder, like it was that kind of feeling and those kinds of edges. And I was like, I spoke out loud. I'm like, what the F is this? You know, because it's just standing there right inside my front door, like in my living room but right inside. And I thought, this is like, not okay. Like, what is this? And it moved. It moved from me to like kind of where my TV was. So like maybe um, about like five or six feet away. And so I was kind of, it looked really funny. I'm sure I'm like walking around my living room with my hands out going like, where is this thing? And I could feel it by the TV. And then as it moved again, I would, it kind of moved around my living room until finally, um, I don't know if it went back out the front door, or if it just dissipated somehow. But I don't know. Was it that shadow person? Was it just some weird, bizarre thing that happened and it had nothing to do with anything paranormal? I don't know. I don't know what it was. But it was weird as hell, so I'll tell you.
2: <laughs> how did you know it moved? Did you feel it move? Like mm-hmm,
3: you... Because the sensation in my hand went away. Mm-hmm. So if I remember right, I was still in the process of like moving my hands trying to find the edges so my my hand was still in motion it happened to be going in the same direction that my hand was going so i kind of caught up to it
4: right so i
2: right. could
3: tell that it was moving in that sense
2: this is a useful superpower
3: <laughs> you know if, it's it's interesting i will say that if, it's,
2: if you lived in pennsylvania i would be telling you to come with us on investigations because this, this seems very useful
3: you know, um, the, the place where it comes up for me um, as useful is I've, I've turned it towards energy healing, which mm-hmm. is not something I really talk about too much because um, you know, people can get kind of weird, mistaken impressions of you if you talk about that sort of thing yeah. too much, yeah. but it, it has come in handy that way.
2: So I have to ask you the question, mm-hmm. have you ever had sleep paralysis?
3: I had it once. But only once as an adult, um, and I was very fortunate in that I had been—I've ex- been having a lot of lucid dreams. And in the course of like learning about lucid dreams, I had learned about sleep paralysis, and I had learned that if it ever happens, you should just try to move your big toe, and pretty soon the rest of your body will follow. And if there's a scary presence, don't worry about it; it's just like your own mind or something. So when it happened to me, the one time I was like, oh, it's that thing, that sleep paralysis. And I was able to, you know, wiggle my toe and wake up out of it. And that's the only time I've ever had it.
2: Any entity when you had sleep paralysis?
3: There there was um, definitely a scary presence. It was just a presence, though. I didn't feel like I didn't see anything. Um, mm-hmm. And it very quickly dissipated because I wasn't scared of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Kate, thank you so much for sharing your stories.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for hearing them. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to have had the chance to talk.
2: Adopting a dog can be one of the best decisions you ever make in life. But sometimes raising a dog can leave you frustrated and overwhelmed. If you need help with training, go to 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. They can help you with things like mouthing and biting, potty training, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture, shoes, or other things they shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy has a relationship based approach that helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other with online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available as well. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Let 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Before we get to our curiosity of the week, I would like to thank Jason W., who made not one, but two PayPal donations this month. Thank you so much, Jason.
1: I think that requires two thank yous. Thank you so much, Jason. <laughs> I don't, can I do a shout out to like all of our friends who I didn't know actually listen? Yeah, sure. <laughs> who are these friends
2: who actually listen?
1: No it just recently it's come to my attention that you know some of our friends actually listen to the show, so I would you know,
2: yeah, who? I' don't, <laughs> it's not come to my attention i'm I'm literally asking who
1: no, I would, no. we were talking about um my friend Andrea, who went to high school with that she listens sometimes, and you know our friend Joe yeah, you know.
2: oh, so you're not naming them individually. I thought you were gonna have a list of names. It'd be
1: awesome if I had a list, but I was just like it just hello to our friends,
2: you know, I like to think of every listener as our friends, Allison.
1: Yeah. It doesn't always occur to me that people are listening. So,
2: you mean pre Strange Familiars friends, friends that existed before we had the podcast? You
1: know? Yes. In that, that small window of people who might have known us beforehand.
2: We are the Strange Familiars Stereo View Collecting Society. <laughs> the Strange Familiars Stereo View Society. I re- was really hoping. Also but- known as S- <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what our mascot is?
2: Is it is it a, is it a snake with a camera?
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, like an Ouroboros with like a camera shutter in the middle oh, of it.
2: Yeah, somebody should draw that.
1: Yeah, it's like I knew someone who could do that for me. <laughs> I was hoping by mentioning Brian May's stereoscope uh, collection that maybe he would hire me as an adjunct curator.
2: <laughs> Calling in Brian May, maybe he's you know as he's certainly listening. Of course he's listening. One of our many friends who listen. Yeah. You have identified the cemetery in this photo, Allison. I have. And we talk a little bit about it on the forthcoming patron show, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash strange familiars, if you want to become a patron and hear that. This cemetery is?
1: It's Graceland Cemetery in Chicago. Having naught to do with Elvis. No. I and mean, I don't know. He, had his, <laughs> <and> <laughs> he dipped his toes in a lot of water, so. <laughs> There's a
2: particular monument in it that you tell a little story about on the patron show. It's a statue of a girl encased in glass. Is there a name for that sculpture?
1: Sometimes it's just called the girl in glass or the Inez statue.
2: We talk a little bit about that on the patron show, but we have a stereo view of it that we are offering as our Curiosity of the
1: Week. It's nicely tinted and... It's pretty, op- like, it's not, it, it doesn't say it's from Graceland, but I actually was looking at it and I was like, that monument looks really familiar. I looked it up and it, and it does correspond to the girl in glass at Graceland.
2: 1889.
1: That was a good year.
2: Is the copyright on this. As long as we've been collecting stereo views, all these curved cards, mm-hmm. I thought that was a product of aging. No. No, they're, they're curved on purpose. Yeah. It has something to do with enhancing the stereo effect. That
1: would be my assumption, but they are purposefully done like that.
2: Yeah. So I didn't realize that until we were at a photo show recently, and I saw a box and it said curved stereo views or something like that. I was like, they're done that way on purpose. <laughs> I just they're thought the, they just over time, they just kind of...
1: But they're the later ones. The earlier ones actually are flat. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And some of the later ones are flat, too.
1: What was the name of our new association?
2: the Strange Familiars Stereo View Society. There will be a image of this in the show notes. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. Also in our Etsy shop, Strange Familiars t-shirts, Strange Familiars stickers, prints of my artwork, originals of my artwork, books. I think all my books are there except the Witch Cloud hardcover is now sold out. I think everything else is there some of my music, and much, much more, check it out at Etsy. Our shop name is Lost Grave, one word. But like I said, if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff will come up. Remember for the rest of March, we're running that deal where if you purchase something for more than $20, we will throw in the new Witch's Eye vinyl sticker. If you purchase something for more than $50, we will throw in a set of four Strange Familiars Mm -hmm. vinyl stickers. Also, I forgot to mention last week about the giveaway for the original art and the Witch Cloud, which will be over probably by the time most people hear this. We're recording this on a Tuesday. The drawing is Thursday when the episode releases. So we don't know who won yet, but stay tuned on Instagram. We will pick someone at random and we will contact that person from the Instagram comments for the artwork and Witch Cloud book giveaway. Good luck to everyone who entered. Thank you to everyone who followed us on Instagram. We'll be doing that giveaway on Thursday. Should we pull the name at random on midnight on Thursday? Should we give people all the way through Thursday?
1: That sounds nice. Okay. so Can we a... also make it maybe Friday morning so I don't have to stay up in case I fall asleep?
2: <laughs> yes. We'll cut off the, uh, the commenting. At midnight. At midnight on Thursday. So there is a chance, I guess, if you listen to this first thing on Thursday, you can still run to Instagram, you can find the post with the artwork and the Witch Cloud. You can comment on it, tag somebody else, and you will be entered in a chance for the giveaway of the Witch Cloud book and the original artwork. Uh, we should have the first patron show for March out by the weekend.
1: It's recorded, so it's not like we yes. have to come up with something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we'll have another one very soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our patrons. We'll be back soon with more strange familiars. Strange familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/strangefamiliars where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram, at familiars, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. <laughs> ¶¶